listening to Osmoscope, the podcast that lets you dive into the marvelous world of olfaction. In today's episode, we pay a visit to Urban Sense, a Berlin-based perfume house founded by perfumer Marie Lefebvre and her husband Sasha Orban. If you want to know how Marie became a perfumer, how moving from Paris to Berlin has influenced her way of creating perfumes, and how being up in the air always inspires her to keep looking at things from a different angle, stay tuned. I do understand that you are traditionally trained as a perfumer. How did you get into perfume? Uh, by uh, luck. Always very interested in perfume, first of all. And as a teenager, long, long time ago, in the, in the 90s, uh, yes, I was fascinated by perfume, but I didn't know at all what it was all about. On internet at that time, it was not existing. So we had in France Minitel, so kind of uh, old, old version of uh, Google. And um, I think it was 14 years old. And in French, you have to spend two or three weeks into a company to discover the world of uh, the industry. So my parents are running supermarkets. So I grew up in supermarket, And um, most of the time, first of all, my favorite uh, place was hanging around the perfumery uh, side and shower gel and smelling until they were finished and done and that uh, it's how I discovered the industry not really in the glamorous way but it's more a technical way but it was fantastic and then uh, at school we had to do this uh, training and what happened is that uh, I was completely in love with uh, one fragrance my first fragrance Eau de Lancôme and I said oh, I would love to make a training at Lancôme. I had an uncle working for L'Oréal and naively Lancôme, L'Oréal, I thought that yes, if I'm going to L'Oréal, I would meet a perfumer, I would know more about what is behind and everything. So to make a long story short, my uncle organized a nice training, not at all at L'Oréal, but at Firmenich. And Firmenich, for me, not a clue about what it was. So I went on Minitel, not Google, look at what was this company all about and it returned of ingredient for fragrances. So I say, oh, you didn't understand the word. But anyway, I don't have any choice. Let's go. It was when you were in school. Yeah, I was know, school. So 14 years old, I would think it would be like, I don't know, in ninth grade, something like that. And so I went to Germanish and actually I discovered that uh, I didn't understand anything at all about the perfume because L'Oréal didn't have any perfumer inside. And I discovered that actually the perfumer are outside of the brand company that we all know the name. And uh, those companies are called Firmenich, Givaudan, EFF, at that time, Quest, etc. With many perfumers who actually are working for all the brands that you know. Again, put in perspective, we are in the beginning of the 90s, so you don't know all those information, you don't have any transparency. And perfumery industry at that time was really uh, secret and much more than today. So it's how I, I discovered what was behind. And I think it was one of the first time they had a training so young. And there was a perfumer. I said, ah, oh, petite, uh, when is your last day? Come to my office and I will give you something. So I went to the fourth floor, I think. And this monsieur asked me, what are you doing here? What are your expectations? I said, oh, I'm, I would love to know more about perfume. 
I love the work of Perfuma, but I don't have any idea. And he gave me a box of raw material with smelling strip, and he wrote on a little paper how to smell those ingredients. And say, okay, you will note everything you smell, and please um, smell them in the morning, after your breakfast, lunchtime, after lunchtime, and then, so actually all day long, you have to smell them, and the day after you smell them again, and write, depending on the timing, always first timing, and then what's behind. And when it's finished, you call me, and I will meet you. So this gentleman was Jacques Cavalier. <laughs> And, uh, okay, at that time, uh, it was not the perfumer of Louis Vuitton. I cannot be uh, more thankful to him because he was my first... Uh, your me your met, met, met him here and he became one of my mentors, the first one, at least, in the perfumery. And then a few weeks after, I, send, I called him and said, oh, do you remember me? He said, yeah, it's Wednesday afternoon. That's cool, you, you are not working, so please... Uh, Come at six, okay. All that is in Paris, so you've got the metro and everything is fine. And Firminich is in the year, so metro, uh, metro Sablon. So I went there with my little notebooks. He read my notes and he gave me a new box of ingredients. It's how it started, actually. So it went back and forth for a few years. Each time I had some time, actually free time, uh, I went uh, to Firminich in the evaluation, in the laboratory. And it was really, it was really small compared to what it is nowadays. And uh, it's how I decided to become a perfumer, or at least to try. And uh, since I'm not from Grasse, compared to most of the people, I'm from Versailles. Enfin, Garche, Versailles, actually. I was born in Versailles. My only option was to go do the Izipka School, an international flavor and fragrances school. And yes, I had to organize my study to become a chemist because um, you have a concours to go to the classical training of, of Izipka about chemistry, fragrance, uh, English and uh, smelling and uh, things related to perfumes. So like an entry contest? Yes, I hated chemistry, so I had to do it. And then I made the concourse and I, I got the ticket entrance for, for the school, which is a public school in France um, for this application and this training. And uh, then the second challenge was to find an apprentissage uh, internship and because you are half of the time in a company, half of the time at the Zipka. And uh, I had a big luck, actually. I, do, I didn't go to Firmenich, but I had the luck to go to a very, very tiny, tiny company called Technicoflor. They just, at that time, opened their offices in Paris. And uh, I met a perfumer called Thomas Fontaine, which is now the in-house perfumer of Jean Patou. So Thomas Fontaine uh, was my second mentor, and um, he trained me as a perfumer. So it was uh, good. And then, uh, by luck... Uh, I went to Armand and Reimer, so my first job. And actually, I had been hired as a marketing assistant in order to wait to to reach the perfumery school of Oldsminden. Oh, which is now Simrise, right? Uh, exactly. And so um, I was hired to become, uh, to do the perfumery school in Oldsminden. And it was every two or three years. So the idea was uh, to, to know the team. I always had access to the laboratory also, which was great because I started my training at Armannenheimer uh, with the perfumer. So at that time, I worked with Giza Schön that welcomed me so nicely when I arrived in Berlin. <laughs> Or Mark von Ende, which actually arrived when it became Simrison. And then actually, because of the merger between Armannenheimer and Dragoku, the program was stopped. I did not do the Oldsminden training. 
but still had the access to laboratories and how it worked. And um, yeah, so I went from then Simrise to Tagazaku. And then from Tagazaku, we had this opportunity to move and to make a new adventure in, in Berlin. Um, actually, Sasha, my husband, Urban, uh, people in the industry know him quite well because he, he was in IFF for quite a long time. And then uh, he ran the... Uh, Tagazako Creative Center between Paris and New York. For personal reasons, he wanted to change uh, from the industry to another project with some friends. And uh, we say, okay, why not? And uh, he was more into this project and I was more into the perfumery side. And we decided to develop Urban Sense, which was completely new for us, uh, creating a fragrance brand with our name, Urban, which is uh, Mr. and Mrs. Urban Sense. Uh, okay, it's keeping also the old way of naming brands in, in France, actually, perfume brands. And yes, launching what you have created and say, okay, it's easy as working as a perfumer to always advise people what they should put in a bottle. Right. But uh, it was a great learning because uh, when you are only working on the B2B site, and especially in the fragrance creation, you have the feeling that the most important thing is the perfume, which is the case, of course. But it's not only that there is a bottle, there are some technical issues, packaging, uh, legislation, all that that uh, I only saw before from a perfumer point of view and not as a finished product point of view. So we launched your Sense, and the idea was to explore each main olfactory Field. So we have the citrus, the cologne, with the gunpowder cologne. We've got the floral, the rose, etc., etc., until the sheep on the oriental. But first, you're discovering a part of the business that you don't know. And then you, you, you feel really naive because you've worked in this business for so many years. And actually, you just... It's obvious, but you're confronted that um, it's not so easy. <laughs> it's the entire value chain. Yes, the valuation, the volume, uh, everything. You can have the brilliant idea, but how can you make this idea into reality? Uh, what is the cost and uh, what is the... Yes, uh, you need to, to... The supply chain and everything. What does Berlin bring in terms of the special, perhaps, vibes or this very situated... Berlin is fantastic. I'm from Paris, which is a fantastic city, more for grown-up than a family, actually. It's not so easy with a child. And Paris is very classical in, in its way. It's great because when you're coming to Paris, you know that you're in Paris. When you're arriving in Berlin, depending on the area where you are, Berlin can be everything, which is so fascinating, inspiring. It's so multicultural. Because of the history of the, of the city, it brings also people with very different way of living, feeling, and people who foreigner who are arriving to Berlin. I think everyone is looking for this uh, amazing freedom that is existing nowadays back in Berlin. It was the case uh, 100 years ago. Uh, if we're going back to the 20s, it was the hot place to be uh, in the world. And it's, I think, very inspiring. For me, I, actually, it's, it's fantastic. Has it also had an influence on how you create the... Completely. So there is two things, actually. Why Berlin changed my way of writing. First, with the brand, um, and because we've got this tiny showroom, shop, laboratory, everything is combined, you have access to the direct clients, the final consumer. And on our bottle, we don't say if it's women or men fragrances, uh, because for me, for us, actually, it's just how people perceive them, and, and that makes the story. But uh, you are, in a way, uh, formatted with the company, the industry that you are working in, especially in Paris, with the big, big clients and everything. 
a ship, depending on the way it is written, should be only for women, uh, especially with an overdose of rose or whatever. But actually, if you don't say to anyone if it's for men or women, people are taking a scent the way they feel it. I'm talking about this ship because in our collection, we've got a fragrance called Los Paradise. And actually, I was not so comfortable in the situation of saying it's a unisex because for me, it's very feminine in, in the way I've learned to, to, to write fragrances. And actually, <laughs> it's mostly men who are buying it. And uh, <laughs> it was my big first lesson, I have to say, because I was not expecting that men will even think of wearing it. And uh, yes, so you start to listen more to the final client about how they are perceiving the fragrance. And then, uh, yes, you're learning first because of this direct contact with the final client. Then also because the population of Berlin is coming from so many different uh, universes. You've got, got a lot of people from the, the East, now, you know, not far away from Russia and the old uh, uh, Soviet uh, Union, so, but also a lot of people from Middle East. And then Berlin is so open to everything. You can try whatever and people will not judge you. You might fall. Uh, it might be a flop, but at least people, before it's becoming a flop, they will let you do your mistake by yourself. In France, in Paris, you would say, oh, but why are you doing uh, uh, this laboratory? You know, uh, uh, it has been done before. It didn't work out. Why are you doing this collaboration with the artist? Yeah, here, no one cares, actually. It's just like, oh, okay, bringing people together and try something new and uh, it works, it works super. If it doesn't work, uh, we have made a wonderful journey all together and, and that's a very different way of thinking. So, yes, my way of writing is completely different because I've learned so much. You do collaborations with artists from other disciplines. Yes. During that collaboration, you create so-called scent editions. How do you choose the artists and the art? Why? What are the criteria? And what is the process of creating the scent? First, no selection of the artist. Uh, there is no criteria. It's just you meet someone you like, and then you discuss, you exchange, uh, you share some some value, interest, and and then uh, things are happening. I don't know how to say. It's not business oriented at all. So that's. Uh, maybe the Berlin site, which is also still an affordable city, which means that actually you can do this kind of exercise, which would be maybe more difficult in other cities. In Berlin, actually, you've got artists, great artists from all over the world, but around the corner, which is uh, fantastic. And then you're just exchanging and... Uh, Each of the story have been became reality for different reasons. Actually, just um, you meet someone, you exchange, and you want to do something because the first one was Michel Granger, um, French artist in, <laughs> based in Paris. Uh, I've been always fond of his work, and he was the first to to accept. I was surprised, and uh, he pushed me to do this uh, fragrance. It's not online. This one is completely because we made two exhibition and two work with him. The first first one was called um, Thank You, and uh, because he made some hard paintings uh, with tanks, and uh, we made an exhibition with him, and it was at the moment of the anniversary of the fall of the wall. And um, he was saying that, Marie, you have to 
make me something that smell not good so uh, yes it was just diffusing the yeah like in the vernissage something you know spontaneous and, and nothing was nothing was planned and then step by step actually it become more kind of a tradition to do that and then we decided to make really limited edition or collaboration to come back into the fragrance creation process it's something that is really design creating together which means um, that of course i have an idea in my head but uh, it's uh, like a quatre mains you're playing together mm-hmm. uh, four hands on the four, piano exactly and then in jazz when nothing is planned you start to play and then you don't know where it's going uh, it's uh, it's exactly that discussing smelling the laboratory is here and then discussion smelling brings uh, idea on together and what is fantastic also what i'm learning and i've learned until now a lot with those collaboration is just that again working for a big company you are formatted in a way of creating sense with artists there is no boundary so if you want it to sting and to smell uh, i don't know to provoke they will push you to go really m- much more far away than what I would have I, I'm realizing that I, I, I realize that I've been super shy before so now I try and I'm willing to try which I was not uh, even allowed myself before and uh, it's great so <laughs> for now <laughs> so they help you push the limit a little, a little bit yes and then thinking in a different way because of course uh, working with a tape artist from Berlin uh, it's completely different from uh, a more institutional uh, artist like Michel Granger or someone coming from the fashion uh, uh, like François Cadier so this col- the last collection we have done collaboration with, with François Cadier a um, designer a uh, painter who is working a lot in the fashion industry it made some collaboration with Marc Jacobs with Louis Vuitton and we were it was just a stupid thing talking about um, vintage in fashion and then vintage in fashion yes what does mean vintage in perfume and then you're starting to and this is just the result of this first discussion we know that you are an avid pilot yes. you and your husband so aviation plays a great role Yes, it, it's a kind of freedom also, I think. Yes, the common thing between Berlin flying and everything and being a perfumer is, a, yes, you can reach yeah, a freedom that you don't have somewhere else. And it's also, you are the pilot on board, the common on board, and this is, uh, you have to trust yourself and you have to trust um, also the other one because when you are flying, you are not only on your own, you have to trust the person who is in charge of the maintenance of the airplane you have to trust uh, and you have to rely on the, the people in the in the control to to give you the information proper information regarding the weather so actually you're never alone but you are the final one who take decision and um, i love it because actually uh, the world is small <laughs> Uh, seeing the world from above is completely different uh, from 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 the land. Um, you've got an incredible colors. You've got incredible um, dimensions, uh, and um, yes, distances are very different. This brings me to the next question because you, from the height you see patterns, structures. Is there a connection to your process of yes, creating a mm-hmm. a perfume? It's inspiring me a lot, and I need those. It's actually, in a passive way, you're looking at all those uh, picture patterns, uh, colors, and actually the smell above is not the same than on the ground, depending on 
on on the the weather condition also so anyway uh, you're right you see things in a different perspective you're so sure that you know the place you grow up and when you are above actually you're not even able to recognize your house you know it's here somewhere but it's not so easy you you need to learn how to see things differently and for sure it changed also my way of writing because perception is completely different so in terms of analysis maybe when you smell one ingredient that you know by earth maybe you i have this capacity to to enter via another way and to make some bridges between ingredients that normally are not willing to be together but uh, but this is not something that you that you seek actively when you create a perfume that you say okay now that i have learned to see the very same thing from a different perspective at a distance yes. i know there is more is this something that you put uh, into your perfume okay there mm. needs to be a different and version for, of if, this yes yes and also for example when you're flying between night and day first night flight is terrible because you know so first first time you fly in the sun everything is fine but then when the the sun go down the light is very different so everything changes and then You have to think uh, how to find your way, but also uh, then you realize that uh, something that you know by her, like a perfume, one ingredient, a way of creating, uh, assembling the ingredient always together, suddenly you can copy and paste the situation to another uh, system. And, uh, and then you see it in a different way. Say, oh, maybe if uh, in my composition I had uh, that, it will bring something that I was not thinking about because of um, because of the color I've seen upstairs or the the smell I've smell upstairs. And now, if I understand correctly, uh, you were working with a museum, the Germanisches Nationalmuseum. Yes, indeed. I was contacted by the um, director of the exhibition because the subject was a uh, Luxus inside uh, so luxury in silk and uh, all the yes the the story is um, about mode in the the 18th century especially they discover an amazing dress which is intact from the 18th century which is the masterpiece and uh, they wanted to show all the accessories accessoire around that women and men were wearing and of course perfume is part of um, that so the idea was for 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 the museum to make a scented exhibition which means that you are entering into the exhibition it smells what could be the scent of a woman in the 18th century. In order to create that, you're going to the old books, you're contacting the old perfumer, you're going to the easy cat to smell things. Unfortunately, you cannot go as far in time, but uh, there is lots of writing. So I wrote some, actually three formulas, completely done with ingredients at that time. So I reduced the palette to um, only natural ingredients from uh, the 18th century, which means not many. But uh, it could have been made, made at that time. Yeah, uh, that was the idea. Of course, the way of uh, doing Essence uh, of Rose nowadays might be similar to uh, the 18th century, but you don't really know what was really the quality of the ingredients. You read the books, but even though I was focusing on uh, essence and not some absolute because of the treatment of the ingredients um, it's not so easy so the idea was to to make something that was really similar to the perfume that people were wearing at that time very special actually 
And um, there's the few literature I had access to, which have been also pro be provided by the by the museum. And what was also very interesting is that at that time, women and men were using a lot of powder. Everything was powder. And in one of those books, there was a recipe to perfume powder, the, talc, the talcum they were. I recomposed the fragrance, which was uh, dedicated to the talcum. And then I created the accord of a talc, because what was interesting is that in all the literature that you could read at that time, Yeah, it seemed that um, talcum was everywhere, so I wanted to have this feeling of the talcum. So to the museum, I sent them my three um, fragrances really made of the uh, recipe, I don't know um, if it's recipe or formula, of, uh, of that time, plus this interpretation with this talcum. And they selected the, the, the last one with the talcum inside, uh, which is actually... Uh, Diffused in the in the in the museum and how is it diffused actually? Uh, with a diffusing system, actually, um, it, the the machinery is hidden in in the wall and it's just uh, micro diffused, like uh, everywhere in malls, supermarket, and everything. It's not a very uh, difficult technology, actually. Now a little disjunct question: on a more general level, what can scent in general bring to society, in <laughs> your view? It can bring the best and the worst <laughs> um, like everything I think um, no it's it's connecting people which I love either it's uh, something that you like or it repels you or not but for me the worst compliment that someone can tell me is just like oh it smells good That's, yeah, and so what uh, no just a little bit uh, cliche caricature but uh, When it doesn't bring anything, and it's also may maybe my way of, of creating fragrances, I'm more interested in something that you hate or that you love than the in-between. I love, yes, this expression, I cannot smell you, because it, yeah, it's reflect more than um, a human being. It's all the animalic part that we are <laughs> at the end of the day. And... Um, Yes, you can play like uh, with fashion accessory, or you can also bring sense and, and maybe help curing people. And uh, it's uh, something that is invisible, intangible, but without it, it's a little bit complex actually to live. <laughs> Tell me a scent that you would consider underrated. It can be a perfume, but it can also be a, a, another smell. And uh, tell me why you find it underrated. What kind of scent should people pay more attention to? I love the Navia blue box. <laughs> no, so, no, it's just I know that people sometimes they they don't pay attention to basic product that they are just using in their daily life. For me, it can be the Navia blue box that I love the smell and just like oh oh you're just wearing Navia and just like yes, but I love this. Actually, I'm using it because I love the smell, and um, it's for me it's such a masterpiece, and it's mostly yes. Product like maybe from from our daily life can be a shampoo. Uh, Ariel, Ariel for me is one of the most amazing scents. Everyone is using this smell and they don't even pay attention to it, but it smells clean. Right? So, and uh, maybe you should not be so snobbish and not only look at the fine fragrance, but yeah, to other part of the industry. Yes, product from the household and personal care are underrated and underestimated, and they are part of our life thank you so much Marie for sharing your thoughts and your experience and your story with us thank and you for all the best you. merci beaucoup merci à toi merci.
Thank you for listening to Osmoscope today and for joining our conversation with perfumer Marie Lefebvre. You can learn more about Urban Sense and Marie's work at urbansense.de. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and spread the news.